0: Okay, Um, so, those listening at home, we've just been uh, doing some practice questions, we've uh, been practicing on the the online exam, and uh, we're filling out a beer together, we're going to talk about that afterwards. Um, First, we'll start (coughs) off with the 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 questions that are straight out of the old um, exam for the The different ranks and the purpose of the BJCP program. Um, So the purpose is uh, enjoy knowledge, encourage knowledge, understanding, and appreciation of the world's diverse beer, meats, and cider styles. Promote, recognize, and advance beer, mead, and cider tasting, evaluation, and communication skills. And develop standardized tools, methods, and processes for the structured evaluation, ranking, and feedback of the Army and Center. Do you guys see that on any of the questions Does that come up at all? No. You guys got out? Okay. just the Style stuff. I think that that mainly is strictly going to be for the written um, afterwards. Um, so no need to worry too much about that. In terms of the the table, the uh, BJCP levels. Going to have. section. Okay, so these are for the official ranks. Um, So we're going to have first uh, apprentice, which is going to have a score of under 60, okay? Um, They don't have to take a legacy exam or anything, and they need to have a minimum number of judging points of zero and no GSMR requirements. Um, Then you got recognized with a minimum score of 60. They're going to have zero minimum exam points and zero minimum judging points and uh, no GSMR requirements. Then they're certified uh, with a minimum composite score of 70. Um, They don't, um, in terms of total experience points, they're going to have five. Um, In terms of minimum judging points, two and a half and no GSMR requirements. National it's going to be a minimum composite score of 80. Um, They have to take the new written exam. Um, They have to have a total uh, experience points of 20, 10 of which must come from judging points um, and no GSMR requirements. And master, uh, composite score of 90. Um, They must take the new exam or the the old written exam. Um, Minimal experience points of 40 and um, 20 of those must come from uh, judging points that no GSMR requirements is necessary. Uh, then you have Grand Master, know, composite score of 90. They must take the, the new or written exam. Um, minimal experience points of 100, 50 of which must come from judging, and they must have um, a GSMR requirement. And then additional levels, all have the, additional Grand Master 20. levels all have 90 as their minimum composite score. You have to take the exam, you have to have a total of 100 for each additional level over one, and uh, 50 of those additionally must, or 50 must, of those come from uh, different points, and they must have completed the, uh, the GSMR, or they must have GSMR points built uh, up. Okay, so that's that. Um, let's move on to the true and false. Um, so starting with 81. Or okay. oh, I'll start with 81. Okay. Um, 81. Uh, the courteous lower limit for scores assigned to problematic beers is 13 points. Uh, that's true, typically. Uh, competition may set it somewhat different, but that's going to be the standard. Um, if judges um, judge require more points than one bottle to judge an entry, the head judge should ask the student to request a second bottle from the Southern Master. Sure. Um, that's false. Um, I'm not entirely sure why that's false. Jerome? Uh,
1: because they be be a repositor or a quarter more powers. powers. Okay. I don't know the powers. You, should be, you should be able
0: to value it. That's why it's false. Yeah. Okay. Um, basically, they're, they're going back to the rule of, you can't finish it with that, you've got a problem. Um, okay, next. 83. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'll do it for you. If it's prefer- it is preferable to use ink on score sheets that your scores and comments cannot be altered by contest personnel. Uh, that's just not true. The standard kind of is going to be pencil.
1: Pass back to you, Jerome. 84. It is preferable to use mechanical pencils rather than wooden pencils on score sheets so that wood odors are not the That is true. Yep, that's true. Uh, wooden
0: pencils can—they smell amazing. Yeah. <laughs> when you so sort of get seen in the competition, they have never smelled more.
2: All right. Uh, it is acceptable to request a second bottle to give to a fair chance of an accurate judging of the beer of the best year.
0: That's true. And frankly, if you're going to give a beer lower than a twenty, in my mind, you should just be asking for the second bottle right away. Here. If you, both, oh, if you open it, another judge and you look at each other and go, mm, beer's not going anywhere. They're not going to need the second bottle. <laughs> it's probably better if the competition staff doesn't go home with the second bottle. So go ahead and ask for it, and uh, hopefully, it, nine times out of no, sorry, ninety-nine <laughs> times out of a hundred. It's going to be just as bad, but it's still just, might as well go ahead and do it. All
2: right, page Entrance may contact the judge, the competition director, or the DGC. That's
0: true. Doesn't happen a ton, but the door is always
2: open for that to happen. It typically says that on the cover sheet. Okay. 87. Your flight was finished. You should avoid having conversations that might distract the flight true. That's true. Kind of keep quiet. The flight finished. to visit. other
3: of your team interesting.
0: That's obviously false. <laughs> um, okay.
1: Uh, because it may have been entered
0: by a person in the room, it's polite to refrain from publicly deriding a problem here that you have scored during the competition. Sure. That's true. So that happens a lot, unfortunately. Um, judges from outside the table should not be consulted on a mirror unless the judges at the table cannot reach a consensus score, and then only if they all agree to the consultation. That's true. You're not supposed to be getting any extra help from anyone else unless everyone agrees on it.
3: Uh, BJCP apprentice judges have not yet taken the BJCP period judging exam. That's false.
0: That's false. They have taken it and they have not achieved uh, higher than the 60.
1: Um, Jerome, go ahead. Um, 92. Babus is not an official BJCP to judge rank.
2: That's true. That's true. three One can obtain the BJCP recognized rank without acquiring...
0: That's true. Can you get zero points and still be recognized as long as you've got the system. One
2: can obtain the DJSU recognized rank without acquiring non-judging experience points. That's true. Yeah, true as well. At ninety-five, you become a DJSU certified judge as long as you the entrance and exam score at least seventy percent on the peer and thirty-five judging points. False.
0: That's true. Okay. It's five points. And. um, it's, well, that's kind of, to me, actually a trick one. It says judging points
3: for
0: you. It's to sufficient, too. Yeah, it's five judging points. It's not necessary, but it's sufficient. So they're playing off of words on that one. Come from judging. Okay, that—that that is an annoying question. At least, uh, at least half of to come from half judging because you could technically get five experience points from organizing a competition, um, or and that those those are mean questions. Okay. Yeah. That one was false. That one is false. Oh, yeah.
1: The maximum score of the beer judging exam for the BJCP certified rank is 79 percent.
0: That one's, that one's also false, because technically you can get
3: a hundred, and as long as you don't have points, it,
0: uh, it's fine. It basically, yeah, it, it boils down to the composite scores and everything with that, too. All right, to become a BJCP national judge, it is sufficient to score 80% on the beer judging exam and accumulate 20 experience points. That's false, because you also have to take the written exam. And for that matter, it also needs to be 10 of the po- those points need to come from uh, judging points as well.
3: Okay.
2: Uh, to become a national um, judge, it is sufficient to score 80% of the peer judging exam and accumulate like, 20 experience points with at least half of them from judging. Is
0: that one 40
3: points?
2: Is
0: that true? Yeah, that one's false, but th- that's false because they're missing the written exam. Okay.
1: <laughs> These are annoying um uh i'll let you try the last one uh one can obtain the pjc national rank without requiring judges experience points yeah i say false that's false (laughs) okay
0: um geez okay so those those if you see those on the online exam make sure to read them the ones that involve the skill level okay Okay,
3: the question I have, uh, all these exa- uh, questions can be
2: in the exam? Yes. Okay.
3: Yeah.
2: So uh, we better uh, work
0: right. on Yeah, keep you about it All right. All right, so now um, let's talk about uh, the, the beer that we just tried. So try to, to judge it as A20B American Stout. Um, so kind of going to just make sure that we get involvement from everyone about this. Moment. We'll try to go around and we'll see say, I'm going to pick off like malt and I want you to tell me a word or two that you describe the malt. So I'll start with you. With the aroma or
3: with the beer? Oh, sorry, with
0: aroma. I'll start okay. with Okay. Yeah. I got a lot of roasted malt. So okay. It smells like the dark chocolate
2: or bitter chocolate. Okay, what's your, what word do you use? Well, the, um of course, the aroma. It's also grainy and, and food. Okay. And the uh, coffee director is out here. Okay. all over. Right,
0: okay. They're not open tonight. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're not? Okay. The, uh, um, let's see, Jerome, tell us a little something. What, what was your hot perception? I know it is
1: low mm-hmm. and uh, lacks a distinctive American variety here. Yep.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Uh, anyone else have anything? I oh, noticed that they got. That was kind of a, not quite there. Um, what esters, Phil, did you? Not initially, but afterwards
2: I got sort of a ways in Okay.
0: Anyone else get any esters?
2: Um, it seems like I always get dark cherry.
0: Yeah, the close I got was just a little <laughs> burnt apple, but by the way. It, it kind of worked. Any other aromatics that anyone want, wants to bring out? I got low low vanilla notes uh, at first, kind
1: of dissipated. Uh, some dark-dried fruit, also that I associate with a little bit of oxidative. Yeah, it's like a little oxidative milk in there. Yeah.
0: Okay, um, appearance. Uh, how would you describe it? Dark, well, um, very dark, brown, and mahogany. Clarity? Yeah. Okay, fill in clarity. Um, let's see, head retention. What do you think? Okay. 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 Get all, <laughs> <start>. <laughs> all right, so flavor. What's the big malt flavors that you picked up? Uh,
3: Bittersweet, chocolate, dashed, and
0: Mhm. Okay. That's uh, more malt over to you.
3: Oh, I get some coffee in there
0: and there. It's a lot of, like, a very yeah. right yeah. interesting
2: malt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any hops you picked up? Um, uh, grainy and toasty. Uh, in terms of hops,
3: very <laughs> little oh, hops. <laughs> yeah, I, I got a little earthy and a, just a hint of citrus, but just yeah. just, just you not know.
2: really
0: at all. Uh, Jerome, well, pronunciation well, characteristics. Oh. Um, I, 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 I uh, there there wasn't a ton. There
2: wasn't. I
3: would
1: have noted it's well, let's see. I, uh, <laughs> I would have duly
2: noted it. Well, I mean, I should have. It's one of, the, one of the hot spots. Oh, is it okay to say no? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Fast. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, um, so what did you think of the balance? It was towards roasted grains. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, finish? Uh, mm-hmm. I was getting some string. Okay. Uh, oh, wait, that's more mouthfeel. That's well, more mouthfeel, so you want to bring that up. And it, it's, Sometimes that's hard because the finish sometimes le- leaves you with a mouthfeel. Um, but still, try to bring that up later in the mouthfeel. <coughs> yeah, that,
2: but again, I was, I was getting dark, dark fruit, which maybe is some oxidation. Maybe that's why I, <laughs> why I keep associating with the, yeah, so I get, the flavor. I
0: guess, actually. Yeah, I get that char and then that little oxygen of you know, the finish kind of Almost like a little burnt of paper. Any other flavors?
3: Any flavors people got? the
0: So that's going to be anything, obviously, yeast derived. So those going to be your fruity, est- fruity esters, maybe your phenols um, in terms of plastics, something that the yeast may spit out. Um, maybe getting into some of the higher alcohols, the um, Anything basically that yeast is going to produce that may not have come directly from malt or hops or water for that matter. So that's where you put all your Belgian beers at. Those would be prominent. And you might even say that the balance works towards those um, as compared to malt or even hops. All right, mouthfeel.
1: How is was moderate a body, moderate, full-carbon. Mm-hmm. It was a rich, lush, lusher mouthfeel. Light alcohol warming through the condition and here. Yeah.
0: Did anyone get much astringency? Yeah.
1: I know a little bit, yeah. a little bit
2: yeah. yeah. of a just just like, a very thin,
1: hmm Yeah. So in a situation like that, would you, would you call out astringency as present at all? even
0: if it had a positive aspect to it? Yeah, I didn't say good. Just I, I, I'd say, by astringency, I yeah. I'd probably throw in the OK
1: for style oh, right, cause cause that felt felt for the roast malt. That felt like there were a lot of dark chocolate flavors. Mm-hmm. You know, once you eat dark chocolate, it has mm-hmm. a certain it, mm-hmm. which was part of the flavor profile mm-hmm. in a positive way. Yeah, yeah it's kind of
0: in, in to it. And I mean, let's see, for the guidelines, it says. <laughs> um, <coughs> Well, a little, have a little bit of roast derived stringency, so just not excessive. Yeah. So, I guess, as we're all saying here, overall, what, what, now we, as we look at the guidelines, all right, American stout is supposed to be a fairly strong, highly roasted, bitter, hoppy, dark stout. Has the body and dark flavors typical of stouts with more aggressive American hop character and bitterness. So, um, I guess we didn't even talk about where the bitterness fell on this. Well, yeah, it was just a moderate, moderately low yeah, bitterness. And half of it may have come from the roast. Um, so, how do we feel this embodies this time?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's that's
0: to me where it kind of fell a bit short. Um, that little oxidative note probably would have marked that checkbox off to the side in terms of maybe a little oxidized, maybe a little sensitive. Um, all right, so what should they do to fix that? Or even any of these things, some pressure There you go. Make sure you're brewing with the freshest hops. Boost up your bittering hops maybe and aroma hops in particular um, and flavor hops for that matter. Uh, yeah, watch oxidative kind of things, make sure it's fresh. Um, so let's let's talk about where we might have been for scores on this. Um, so, aroma. Where were people? And don't feel shy. Five. Joe went in a little hard, but let's let's face it. American style stout, which is supposed to have um,
1: you want to you should have citrusy. What um, up? Water is well, strong, and I don't feel like it's. <laughs> Well, I guess maybe uh, I hit it because it's a little off character. Okay. Yes. I was at around seven. Um,
0: let's see, appearance. I couldn't fault it too much for that. Looks like you good here. Tight player. Yeah. Yep. Stout, decent little retention. I was at a five, four, sorry, three for that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Um, yeah. Flavor. There are people out for this. Nine. Who's <laughs> <laughs> beating this one up? Where are other folks? Thirteen. Twelve. 12. 11, yeah. yeah. That's like I picked up just a little more of that citrus, but just it's still not enough. And I was at a, a thirteen for that. Um. Getting
1: Let's see. We should have a medium to full
0: body. Uh, yeah. Maybe Maybe didn't quite hit that. Um, a little creamy, a little bit, had a little bit of the string to see, the carbonation was just about, it was okay, but yeah. Um, did people get a lot of warmth yeah, on this? When you were trained, yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, three to four, yeah, would be in there. But overall, I mean, and this is kind of the subjective area where um, you could have hit a bunch of things earlier, and it just didn't quite integrate well. Um, so it yeah, didn't wasn't really popping together for an American style stout. Wasn't a horrible beer, but just wasn't a good American stout Maybe So six or seven maybe for me. So low thirty, probably overall. Jerome's probably in the upper twenties. six. And I mean and so yeah, let's let's think about that. Where does that stall up? Generally within style parameters, oh it's really fairly not doing that. So I mean but I mean it's it's got kind of, maybe one or two flaws and then kind of a little off the style for So, yeah, I feel like we should be in that upper 20s and low 30s for this. there's no rough. Yeah. Drop that away. Sorry. Right. Um, so. And, American
3: staff my um, and then,
0: yeah, I guess, so, as you go, so go through it. When you're taking the exam, go through and make sure, you, you after you're done, that you check off okay, I hit, well, I hit hops, I hit esters, and like literally check it off on your score sheets as you're going through so that you make sure that you hit them because if you don't, they will find it's an easy way for them to kind of say, oh, they didn't completely fill out the score sheet. Even if it's a no, no esters, no astringency, no creaminess." just go ahead and throw it in there. Don't give them any reasons to to kind of put that off. Uh, In the case where, since I brought up Oxidation, I should have made sure that I marked it off over the side that I I picked up oxidized. Um, If this was alcoholic and it was supposed to be alcoholic, I probably should mark it off over there as well, even though it's not a fault, it's just a descriptor, so it's still appropriate. If any of those things are over there that you brought up, you probably should check those off. And then don't forget down at the bottom to check off the classic example. And so let's see. I would have hit the classic example a little harder than anything else. Um, well, it's, it's not too bad. It's, it wasn't too horrible. And maybe have a little more leniency on the wonderful versus lifeless, but would have taken the classics a little farther down than whatever else i so. um, Okay. Any other, any thoughts? I'm going out once again. Don't worry too much about the actual scores themselves. It's mainly about getting descriptors out there and, and covering all the bases and then figuring out how how well it actually ties back to that style. What were we doing here? Oh, um it was a blend of a oatmeal stout and an uh, American style stout. So kind of taking it down. I I got a little bit of an earthy thing going on with it as well. Um, so yeah, it just wasn't a great American style manuscript really. Okay. Um so we'll go into our pretty pretty simple um, topic for today or technical topic which is going to be head retention, clarity, body and mouth feel. So the question that we had uh, from the old exam was explain how you get the following things in your beard. Good head retention and clarity in the beard. And then we'll get into the let's talk about body and mouth feel and everything that's a a part of that. So um, head retention. So the, the technical definition that I don't know that anyone ever measures yeah, is the, the time it takes for a head to fall to half its height uh, from its initial height um, and unfortunately I think that's largely dependent on your glassware and kind of your serving conditions but that's their, their baseline um, and they, they say that a quote good head retention would be at least a minute in a, in a happy beer. and um, that being said some beers are just not going to be able to hold heads as, anywhere near as well due to the factors that we're about to talk about. Um, so you just kind of have to judge for each style from there where it really belongs. Um, and then they talk about uh, should have a nice uniform head shouldn't be this coarse kind of messed up little thing. A lot of times to me that's indicative of uh, bacterial infection where you start to have head collapsing in odd ways in the glass. Um and should leave a nice little lace on the side and that's also going to be a function of how well or how clean your glasses are too. So, good retention. it's promoted by the following things. Um, Ice alone, so hops, will add some extra, uh, uh, basically, uh, chemicals to help promote uh, head retention. Um, the higher gravity, basically, the more proteins, the more molecules, carbohydrates, and dextrins are all in there to help tie together and hold a nice uh, tight head. Um, alcohol content in a way affects um, the higher gravity beers tend to have um, <clears throat> more stuff. However, there's also the, if you just put alcohol in there as well, alcohol doesn't necessarily support uh, It does have a little bit of a slightly negative effect on it. Um, so the more overall finishing gravity and higher gravity uh, tends to be a little better. Um, so, the dextrins that come through in the malt um, and the proteins as well, um, the longer they the chains of proteins, uh, the, the more they're going to hold together. Um, when you get to the shorter proteins, they tend to fall a little more. Um, and then there's obviously the, the final thing of the ability to rouse a head, period, which comes from having the right amount of carbonation for a beer. Highly carbonated beer is going to uh, kick off a big head and could sustain it a lot longer with its uh, bubbles. Um, so Just hitting whatever it is for the beer. Um, Style in particular is going to be important. Um, You can adjust parts of this, uh, like it it says in here. Some of these things are just going to be characteristics of a style. Light American lager's head's going to fall relatively quickly. It doesn't have a lot of uh, proteins, dextrins, got adjuncts in there, and um, it's inherently going to fall. But then maybe sustained at a fine level um, just by that overcarbonation. But the brewer, as he's going through, can do a few tweaks in particular by adjusting your mash profile. So maybe doing a protein rest to to change the length of the proteins that you're using. If you add in adjuncts, that's going to affect um, your overall protein, your dextrin content. Um, So those are little tweaks that you can do. they also talk a little bit about fatty acids uh, from both your tube as well as stuff uh, that's going to be sitting on your glasses if they're not clean. Um, those break up head and cause it to fall a little faster. And that's maybe one of those cases where you'll in particular see uh, the head along the sides of the glass fall a little faster than the stuff um, in the middle. Uh, but it basically breaks up the surface tension, bubbles collapse, and falling. Um, so overall, improved... By having the right amount of proteins in there, by doing the right amount of protein rest, good fresh hops add those nice isovalines that haven't degraded with um, oxidation. Um, a higher gravity, so a higher temperature saccharification lasts leads to longer chains de- or chains dextrins, and in, in general, um, so you're going to end up with a little more of those to help promote the head. Um, a full boil is also kind of important for getting all of your break and your tube in there so that you don't have the fatty acids and everything coming out, so that um, helps. And then finally going back to that clean glass again. Um, it's also one of those things if you get a glass that's got bubbles that are forming on the side of it, it's not a very clean glass, you should probably take that uh, as you know. Bring it up to the competition organizer if you start to see that a lot too, like hey, the head on these has just been dying incredibly fast, what are we doing? Either be aware of that as you're going through your judging, saying, hey, maybe all my beers that I'm going to get today are going to be potentially dropping a little faster. Any question on head retention? Um, Clarity. Uh, How do I get appropriate clarity in my beer? Um, So, every style is going to potentially have a different amount of level of clarity that's appropriate. One of the biggest drivers of that is going to be um, your protein content, um, and so wheat beers, which are going to kick off a little more of that protein content, are going to potentially have a little more of that hazy aspect as well. So that may drive a beer to stylistically being saying, "Okay, we can have a little bit of hazing." Um, things that can lead to potentially hazes that we don't want. We got we talked about it last week a little bit um, that chill haze. Um, so. Uh, in particular, don't have the right uh, blends of enzymes, or sorry, proteins. Um, didn't maybe have the, the, shoot, the right kind of uh, cold hot break um, in particular. So didn't get everything completely into the right place where it binded up and created a good hot break and everything fell out. Um, so that's uh, one of those functions of your mash and your conversion uh, times. Um, that permanent haze yeah. that we talked about last time, which is getting in some yes. of those extra tannins. Um, so, talk about that high sparge temperature when you're down at a, um, a, a, a high pH as well. We're extracting more of that out of the, um, the not skins, the husks. Um, so, if you load it too fast, basically you can also drop down or pull out more of the, um, uh, the sugars quickly and then start leaching out some of that proteins and starches um and then there's the potentially other big problems which are um, going to be other microbes getting in there and creating or having off fermentations. and we'll see this on some of the styles that we have today we're going to the sour beers probably that they're going to cast a little bit of haze as well so these microbes can cast in um, a, a few different chemicals that will kind of bind up and also basically cause a little bit of haze in there so how we deal with this Good full boil to help make sure we get that nice hot break. Uh, make sure there's uh, not too many extra proteins in there. Um, making sure there's not too much cold break, we talked about that too. Um, so nice, that nice fat, fast chilling in the wort to help that drop quickly. Um, the, the wort pH, once again, kind of gets into some of those uh, clarity issues. Um, I don't know if we talked about the step of Vorloffing, um, which is as you are about to start uh, sparging your beer, where you run off and then you put a little bit back in. And basically, you're running it off. So you're stop. you you're getting less, or you're letting the filter or the bed of the mash settle down, create a nice little filter bed, preventing husks and other material to get through. If you don't do that, those husks and things make it into the beer, and then you've got extra tannins in there and extra kind of uh, matter. Um, so Doing an adequate uh, boil off until it gets a nice clear wort, and then running into the kettle um, can help. Uh, we talked a little about last time about if we didn't get everything taken care of, maybe in the boil, we can also do a filter um, or do some findings either in the boil or in a post-boil. Like we talked about with those extra little chemicals, kind of that British traditional um, techniques. And then the, the final thing that we talked about last time with the finding is just making sure everything has a time to settle and uh, and then you can rack off that um, into whatever your packaging vessel is. But otherwise, it's going to go into the packaging vessel and has the ability to be shaken up and still end up in the beer. Any clarity questions? Okay. Next, uh, on to mouthfeel. Um, <clears throat> and this is the uh, kind of the, one of the easy ones, as long as you have the score sheet right next to you. So mouthfeel is going to be everything about body, carbonation, warmth, creaminess, astringency, and anything else that happens in your mouth that is a tactile sensation um, and not as much of a, let's just say, a chemical sensation of a taste bud or uh, some, something that's got a major neuron attached to the end of it. Um, so it's all of those feelings that, uh, that, that, that you can get from a beer. Um, You can also even throw in potentially, um, well, it's not really a flavor, so just the heat of um, maybe Capacin or from a pepper as well is another potential mouthfeel kind of connotation. So their question is, what are body and mouthfeel? Um, Body is just one of the four or five major components of mouthfeel, okay? So mouthfeel, how all those things come to feel together uh, but we'll talk about the major uh, components of this, and uh, last week we, we tried a, a stringent uh, beer. We, we dosed it with that uh, grape skin, so it's that kind of that drying sensation that you get all over your mouth from some sort of a tannin basically binding with your skin um, and kind of locking up. you got a lot of proteins in your skin, so it's just kind of getting in there and, and creating a little tactile sensation. Um, Talked about that with the oversparging, overcrushing your grains, um, and there's also that carbonate note. I think that Jerome, you were talking about a little last time that kind of creates that chalky, dry sensation um, in there as well. Um, there's a few uh, spoilage bacteria that will uh, create some of those polyphenols, and uh, that once again grab onto proteins in your mouth. Hopping, so lots of extra vegetal material in there, lots of extra potentials, polyphenols uh, moving around. Um, and then moving into, there's a bunch of other additions that we can make that could have some, uh, but basically all gonna be some sort of a vegetal thing in there, so coriander, orange peel, cinnamon, um, all kind of just mildly astringent things that if you overdo can um, get, create that, uh, well, once again, astringent feeling. And they say that these mellow with age because basically they're going to start binding with proteins that they find in the beer and eventually settling out um, and becoming inert. um Yeah, astringency is one of those things that if you have a little extra sweetness in there, it kind of offsets that. Um, so if you, if you don't, if you're over-attenuated and you have a really, really dry beer and a thin beer, it's going to help. It's going to maybe let that astringency pop out a little more than anything else. So, these are things to remember in the case where you do have an astringent beer. Those are just potential ways that they could address them with either sparging techniques or crushing their grain. Um, warmth uh, is basically going to be any kind of uh, alcoholic warmth, in particular, It's going to be any kind of heat derived from alcohols uh, within the beer. Um, obviously, if anyone's had a shot, they know how uh, hot just raw vodka can be, how it just kind of burns the same kind of ethanol in there uh, that you're working with just in a lower concentration. But as you move into your 8 to 10% alcohol beers, you can start picking up that heat relatively well. Um, So there's also potentially the higher uh, alcohols, uh, the fusels, which can also create some of that heat as well. They tend to be um, a little more negatively perceived within the mouth. uh, And they tend to come with a few flavors of their own. Um, And they are usually indicative of unhappy um, yeast in poor nutritious uh, conditions or low oxygen, basically where they're fermenting um, out of their happy zone. Um, Let's see. Higher gravity warts with higher fermentation creates higher alcohol. So those are ways you can end up adding some more alcohol into your beer and and creating your alcohol warmth. Um, Obviously, lower alcohol beers shouldn't be having as... Basically, high uh, starting gravities um, and their attenuation will be just a little lower, so it should come out to a nicer balance. Um, your yeast selection can help control that too. Certain yeasts are going to be able to ferment um, drier uh, with a higher attenuation. That'll lead to more alcohols as well. Um, they talk a little bit about how over time the, the alcohols can kind of uh, mellow out and be a little less harsh, um, but it Depends on the style of beer, depends on the ingredients you're gonna be in as well. Um, and in general, you may see these as strong ales, uh, but you shouldn't be seeing these um, in kind of your mid-range beers uh, in your 5% unless they have some sort of attenuation problem or a uh, uh, poor fermentation issue. Next, we have carbonation, which is going to be a function of how much sugar or when the package was sealed, how much sugar was in there, or how much carbon dioxide was dissolved into the solution um, that'll create the overall level of carbonation. We've got two different major ways of doing that, which is bottle conditioning, which is where we put sugar into a sealed vessel with the yeast, and the bottle or the yeast in there continues to ferment that, creating uh, natural carbonation. Or there's forced carbonation where we directly force um, CO2 into solution through just either time or agitation at a higher pressure uh, to create the desired level of uh, carbonation for the beer. It's typically measured in volumes um, or atmospheres in uh, there and within the guidelines, I do if they call out um, the actual uh, volumes level or anything like that. Um, but Every style is going to have a different amount of carbonation that's appropriate for that. Um, so. The ways that you achieve this in a beer are either gonna be put in the right, of, have healthy yeast in there, and then put in the right amount of uh, sugar for it to carbonate in the appropriate condition. If you do it while they're too cold, they're not really gonna ferment. If you do it at an ale temperature, and you've got ale yeast in there, it'll give them a chance to, to dissolve over time. It takes a little time for this to happen. Um, otherwise, when you are forced carbonating, make sure you have it at the right pressure for the right amount of time to get the right amount of dissolve carbonation in there. Um, and then finally avoiding uh, uh, microbial contamination because they will continue to munch on sugars and uh, other stuff that's in there and uh, off-put CO2 and start over time increasing the carbonation beyond uh, what it should have been if you just had the normal yeast for uh, Which is part of the reason why you see a lot of uh, sour beers that will be very, very highly carbonated. And that's why we have gushers. And finally, perfect timing, but actually if you want to work on the tape, you should have go. Um, we've got body. And so body is going to be that tactile fullness and viscosity over, the, um, over your palate. Um, it's basically it, basically, it goes anywhere from being watery or even thinner than water if you're dealing with some other chemicals, or to this thick molasses-y um, kind of barley-winish um, area. It's um, so just one of the components of mouthfeel. Um, it's typically determined by the medium length proteins of the dextrins within there, and to some extent, the amount of sugar as well. Um, so to avoid lack of dextrin, you gotta work on your mash temperatures. Uh, dextrins typically don't come through with adjuncts as much, so if you're gonna be using a ton of them, um, you're gonna, well, potentially drop your body down. That's why for light loggers. American Light Lagers, their yeast magic. Creates a very, very light, thin body. Um, the yeast, uh, if you have a highly attentive yeast strain, it's gonna ferment more of those sugars and create a little less of that overall tactile feel. Um, for protein levels, um, if we did too long of a protein rest, if we had the wrong kind of malt, maybe in terms of the, the modification, um, you can maybe go over the top in terms of finding your beer and take out too many of the proteins. It tends to be very, very hard to do. Um, yeah, let's see, so yeah, light body, appropriate light lagers, lambics, things that are designed to kind of uh, finish out thin and maybe a little spritzy. And then the bulk, like heavy ones like barley wines, strong scotches, uh, old ales, um, you'll tend have to have a lot more dextrins, a lot more proteins in there and you end up with a, a big, thick overall uh, viscous uh, body. Any questions on the mouthfeel categories? I think we've at least picked up on most of them so far in the class. Um, so, okay. Um, any thoughts on, for the guys who were looking over and taking the test, any thoughts on
2: the Dallin exam? Well, the part I saw uh, was really.
0: Yeah, And, and on a, when you're going through and practicing maybe right before you take the test too, go through and just read that little overall section at the very top. Just start like, okay, American Strong Stout. Like we just saw, hey, it should be a firmly roasty, should be uh, a bit on the um, hoppy side. And get those characters, because those will get you through most of the being able to pick up the differences between a couple of different styles. And then maybe read that, and then read the what is different about this style? What discriminates this style? And I think those two sections alone will get you through more than reading down to the, does it need raisin versus um, stone fruit? So, but yeah,
2: lots of that for sure. Is that, uh, that chart you were talking about earlier with the, the different ranks and the different amount of points you need and all that stuff? Is that in the written or is that a? There, there was one question as I we went through that was
1: asking about the certified rank is a score of 70 and five points. Yeah, so
0: like the one that we actually had today.
1: Um, so uh, uh, And then there was a couple on grandmaster and master. Yeah, needing um, the same test score. Uh, and the grandmaster needs additional grandmaster service points, so it's, it's not a big portion. Yeah,
0: I would assume that the ones that are in the true and false section are the ones that you're going to see on the exam, and they're not going to make up a ton more for the for those categories. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. So I would talk about a little faults. So mouthfeel uh, in terms of um, uh, we just talked a whole bunch about different mouthfeel profiles. So in terms of achieving that right kind of balance for the style of mm-hmm. beer that you're uh, doing. Uh, Making sure it's got the right amount of alcohol content to get rid of that heat. Um, making sure it's got the right amount of overall fermentables, dextrins, and everything in there to get that your body. Um, and not going over-sparging so you end up with something that's astringent. All those kind of characters. <clears throat> we, did, we just talked about the techniques we achieve them and uh, the ways that we also avoid them. So, the one thing that we're going to taste today is going to be um, sour and acidic. Um,
1: so, Pete mixed up a... <clears throat> this pan. is lactic acid. Okay. Oh, just lactic? Get just, well, I've, I've got okay. two, two more pictures. Okay. Yeah, I threw it all I in. I you threw it all in.
0: acid in particular, so I guess we'll... Yeah, sour. So, sour um, It's going to be some sort of <laughs> beers inherently aren't going to start off too sour. They have a pH that is, I mean, it's acidic overall, but it's not something that our, our palate is going to normally perceive as high a- acid. Um, most everything in life that we enjoy eating tends to have be acidic overall. Um, we don't eat a lot of basic things, we associate that with poison more often than not. Um, but acidic beer is going to be something that's going a little further, moving maybe down into the fours and the threes in terms of pHs. Um, we're most often going to get this from some sort of a spoilage, um, which we'll taste later on tonight as we try some of our sour beers. Um, so, lactic acid in particular is one of the nice clean, um, sourish notes. Um, just kind of crisp, um, not a lot of extra character to it. Um, just really perceived as a uh, potentially strong acid. Uh, Going to be produced by Lactobacillus and Pediococcus uh, in particular. Um, the other major Acid uh, kind of generating uh, that's in that's very intense is going to be acetic acid um, That's going to be a little bit of the berry um, notes, uh, but it's very 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 strong. So that will come from Acetobacter um, Zymonis and then some a, a little bit from Brett Acetobacter uh, is the, the prime producer of that and that will kind of get a very 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 tart um and also have that vinegary if you it know, comes through. So making sure that you have a nice clean beer, um, sanitize everything, um, or in the case where you make an Atlantic, all old-groom, Weiss, all those kind of styles, American sours now, um, using the right, right cultures and trying to make sure that they get a, a good start and a healthy fermentation. Okay, any sour questions? Who's actually brewed sours here? Um, but one of the one of those things where you can really start playing around with these extra cultures and, and uh, tailoring out an acid profile in particular. And then whatever kind of off flavors
1: that you're gonna want to bring into it. Something you've got to have a lot of patience for, unless you're gonna make it from airlines. Right? So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, so this is the nice clean sourness. What's coming around next is the uh, uh, lactic or no the acetic acid, so vinegar. Was this first one super light? Because I'm not. It's it's no, there. You have drop to finish. PH. Yeah.
0: It's it just maybe think a little bit on the side of your tongues, um, or tongue, or you Just got one.
1: It doesn't really have much of a smell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can maybe sometimes get a sour milk um, aroma off of it, but, mm-hmm. but, but the Acetic definitely has a... Uh, I never associated. to associate it. Malt vinegar, uh, which is basically what... Yeah. What you're creating. Uh, this one, uh, the Acetic, is, is generally not a desirable character. There are very few styles like... Uh, uh, red, 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 red. Yeah, sorry, red, red. <laughs> Um but a lot of for a lot of the other sours it's it's a completely uh, uh, unwanted um, mm-hmm.
0: and it really hits a personal point for a lot of people pretty quickly um, in terms of whether or not you appreciate it or, or don't appreciate
1: it so. i i don't know Has everyone gotten it? Did you guys... (coughs)
2: What uh, the Seibel kit
1: describes it as. This is (laughs) all kinds of things. What's this one? Seibel just calls it contamination.
0: Obviously, going back to the whole sour thing, contamination. Sometimes you can just get acid, then sometimes you can get other wild yeast in there, you can get um, more un- unhealthy amounts of PDO and some of the nastier um, other bugs out there um, that will kick off all kinds of other flavors. These can build up over time as they continue to ferment um, through their life. So this has got a this has got a few different taints in it. So what what do people or get in here? Vinegar, vinegar. There's vinegar. There's some apple diacetyl. Vinegar. there's sorry.
1: Apple cider. Apple cider. Yeah. Yeah. So they've got this. It's a combination of diacetyl and uh, acetic acid, mm-hmm. um, sort of mimicking like uh, uh, apple yeah. cider vinegar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're saying that uh, it's most likely coming from Lactobacillus. Um, I could see some P-O, a combination of things, you know, to create the, uh, the unpleasantness. Um, you know, obviously, if you were trying to brew a sour, yeah, it didn't turn out right. If you were trying to brew a sour, then there are a whole lot of issues that you may need to address. Uh. Yeah. Stop using your hand to stir
0: your warts. Um, um, uh, yeah. all, all kinds of yeah, and these are ones that it's it's hard just to not write. Please check sanitation practices and on your score sheet.
1: But uh, is it also some kind of surfer?
0: They I initially got a little bit of a uh, not quite DMS, but um, something corny in there. Yeah, and that, yeah.
1: It's the the combination of the two things that uh, that gives it all sorts of uh, a broad array of uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. So, all right. Shall we taste some purposefully infected beers? So, is that when we're going to start? Oh, yeah. I think so. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, now I've made a super, uh, super taint. Yeah. I,
2: I didn't know if you wanted to. So. Sure. <laughs>
0: All right. All right. So we're gonna start with category twenty-three. Um. um so we yeah, we're gonna is there a, I think we're no. I guess probably yeah. Um, European sour ale. So. Working on the traditional um, uh, European-produced ones, so you're gonna have some German ones in here. You're gonna have some Flemish um, as well. Um, starting with uh, brilliant Weiss, so this is gonna be your the Budweiser of um, of these in terms of the strength and the color. Uh, we're gonna be working very, very light, um, tart, spritzy. For
1: So, on some a lot of these, we're just gonna have one bottle going around. Uh, so, hopefully, it won't take too long to get everybody's. Uh
0: So oh, on the row in this, there's that that bright lacto, lacto or sorry, lactic acid um, pop in there. It's right over a uh, bready malt, but then it's also got this kind of that fruity um,
1: white grape juice maybe, but yeah, know a hint of banana as well. Black mm-hmm.
2: Score, it's working here.
0: Yeah. I am from Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, it's me that very very crisp clean yeah just a low little bit of fruitiness make mm-hmm. um, you shouldn't be moving into a, a, a musty dark bread kind of area with this it's just very low if it should looking at just a bright straw body Oh, unless you <laughs> get the bottom, you, the bottom <laughs> <positions>. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliantly clear for the ones over yeah, here. Over here, well, it's just yeah, probably it's just got a good hint good. of haze, okay. I'm sure. Um, but still, um, it, and you can pick up a, a little bit of a um, haze within it. So it says in your cl- clarity can range from very clear to hazy. So you're you're good. We're good. <coughs>
1: It's like uh, green grapes, kiwi yeah. uh-huh. yeah. is good, yeah one of those just incredibly tart kiwi Toasted bread
0: I'm still trying to figure out the white wine grape that it really ties in with
1: It's not a
0: Got a very very subtle, slightly weedy malt behind it. Um, um, just that, almost a little candies candy. It's, it, it's a hint of sweet tart, but just not a really
2: flavored sweet tart. Yeah. Just a like fresh, just the fresh the chardonnay, the champagne grade. Yeah.
1: A mm-hmm. little farty. Mm hmm.
0: Firm tartness, balances, acidic more than anything else. Um, no hops, pretty much whatsoever.
1: And little, uh, lemon zest, lemon oil in the finish. Mm-hmm. Um, just lemon, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bit of
0: salivation. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of my own spit. Yeah. Um. Incredibly thin body. Um, acidic heat. <laughs> um, uh,
2: yeah. And
1: yeah, say that. Incredibly fresh, yeah. green, green apple. apple. Yeah. Um, but just from the acidity, not the. Uh, yeah. Not like acid aldehyde. Yeah, it's like if they took the sugar out of a
0: sour apple jelly rancher, and then for some reason sold that.
1: <laughs> but you could get them for so cheap, mm-hmm.
0: you couldn't resist. Yeah, um, Yeah, and it should, uh, the carbonation may be a little higher sometimes, um, but uh, it should be just kind of spritzy, um, tart, pop off your palate, um, acidity. Um, Vault well, should be something that, I think, technically speaking, they're going to be looking for something that's about 50% um, wheat. Um, a lot of times people do a sour mash with these. So you can either use um, for rotation with uh, lacto or sour mash and end up with something that's just very, very, very tart, simple. Like literally you throw hops over it um, or maybe even mash hop with it and uh, just get an incredibly tart, dry,
1: low-finishing beer. So, next. 23B, Flanders Red. Okay.
0: So, a descriptor up front, sour fruity red wine-like Belgian style ale with interesting supportive malt flavors and fruit complexity. Dry finish, tannin um, completes the mental image of refined red wine. All
3: right. So this one is which number?
0: This is twenty-three. Understood. What was the file that we had? Roman bond. Oh, Rodenbach Okay. Kind of your poster. One of your poster chats. <coughs> So what kind of fruit do people pick up? Dark cherry. Yeah, cherry
3: mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
0: conquered grape. Conquer grape, yep.
1: orange. Hmm? Plum, plum plum. Yep. Plum juice, yeah. I get a little berry mixed berry and raspberry, blackberry.
0: Basil mm-hmm. did? Mm-hmm. Uh, the seeded character. Mm-hmm. Just,
2: mm-hmm. Ball, ball, a little balsamic. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Balsamic's
1: yeah. a good. Is a little
2: like A1 steak sauce or something like that? tamarind? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good too, yeah.
2: Like three. Two of these and cups AC. <laughs> it
0: starts to be a little hard to pick up the malt it's just one of those the
1: malt has turned into the some of these just tart for these fruit notes yeah the aged uh, the oxidation has <clears> you know moved in the sherry like direction rather than uh, mm-hmm. you know and, and taking those fruits to a darker um, mm-hmm. Shouldn't be
0: any hop notes on this, and not getting any tiny resinous hops. It's really cloudy. And, which goes back to that we were talking about with the bacteria, kicking off a little bit of haze. Um, you know, this is one of those beers that you'll get into, and you're like, oh, this is actually getting to the red colors. Um, more than copper, more than brown. <clears throat> I like to have fine levels.
1: toast with a thick layer of, uh, of preserves. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of cherry. Yeah, it just hit,
0: picks up that little hint of that bread crust and that toast note <coughs> in there. It's, it just plays onto that. <coughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: You get a little bit of that missy in there. Um, the, the acetic now makes a little more than the lactic in terms of flavor because it's acetic. The side of the tart, but it's still got a little bit of a sweetness that bounces off with it. That's kind of what makes it a little fun. Mm-hmm. You end up finishing it with that afterwards. That leaves you with that lingering... A little bit about A1, um, that fruit playing with it, and, and then the fruit flies that inherently come immediately after you've opened one of these bottles. <laughs> um.
1: Is that perception of A1, which to my palate has kind of a meaty quality to it, it's sort very of savory, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. could that be contributed by some of the microflora? Okay.
0: Know, maybe, well, yeah, I mean, the they're going to be kicking off maybe some a
1: little bit of a some odd phenols, I'm sure as well. Yeah. No, the I thought the meaty spoilage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it doesn't come across to, as meaty to me. Um, I, the, the tamarind, I think, I like that a lot. Uh, just sort of that puckering tart, of fruitiness. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure it's coming from the, the bacteria and the fact that this has you know been aged and it's been kind of hanging around yeah,
2: and. I think it's a blend, isn't it? It's a blend yeah. Old and More old than the original. They
1: yeah, there. The beers in those wonderful huge footers
0: and walking through those tunnels is one of the most or sorry, those rooms with just fooders lining is one of the most God blessing things on there. Um, uh yep. Body. So on this, the it, with that little extra roundness and that sweetness, it doesn't end up as quite as drying, and ends up a little bit of a just moderate body, still moderately light, um, moderate carbonation. Um, I don't know if I, I I didn't really get too much acidity in hand Just that little little pucker, obviously from the acid, um, but uh, just a crisp, um, intensely fruity. Um, Sour, beautiful, wonderful, movies every day day weekend. I like the acetic character in this more than I do Duchess, which seemed or tends to really go way over the top in terms of pushing acetic um, super balsamic. Yes, ultra yeah. balsamic. Um, but the nice the interesting thing about this for a vault profile you're using like Vienna and Munich basically to get this just base character in there Maybe throwing in a little bit of special B to get a little of that extra dark fruit in there But then the the yeast lacto brett all those kind of things kind of go up to the, uh, the top and, and work it all out um, Take some time maybe barrel aged um, in neutral barrels to, to help pick up oxidables. Um and are we actually doing a broom? Yeah. Okay. So, in compared to a bruin, these are going to be a little more fruity and, and tart, whereas the bruin may be a little bit darker and maybe not as pucker or, or as puckery,
1: and uh, probably shouldn't be aged in a, a barrel. As you say. So, what's coming right now is the twenty three C. This is Lieben's Gutenbahn. beautiful
0: dark fruit with a little hint notes of chocolate in there too it's chocolate cordials and yeah so many fruit flies Um, it's not like quite well I guess it's a little bit of almost a Belgian chocolate got lightly bruised plum. Dates. Buck cherry juice. It's not quite robitussin but... Hint of toast,
2: maybe, but... More of it. It's like chocolate. I'm just letting you go at this point. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on my own. I'm a
3: happy to. <laughs> Anything else to be
0: learned in the aroma? Some like carmely, maybe, or? It's like a, it's not quite dum dum, but it's like a, shoot. It's a low coconut y, uh, or coconut, caramel y note. I, mean, I meant gin spill, sorry. <laughs> <That's> No, no, it's almost more of a. She what's the
2: kind of caramel on a stick? Sugar daddy or slowpoke? Slowpoke. Yeah. (laughs) Sugar (laughs) daddy, same
0: thing. That's the malt and the fruit kind of Mm -hmm. bounce back and forth. Um, Should be definitely moving. I mean reddish but moving in a reddish brown. May have a little hazy again because of the bacterial area. I think if a black raspberry it pop, maybe. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it has
0: like a hard, hard candy, mm-hmm. like. The acid's present on this, but it works in a softer way overall. Carbonation um, helps a little bit, it creates a little of a luscious sourness. Chocolate comes
1: through. Yeah, it starts out just sort of like a toast a little chocolate. Mm-hmm. And then there's sort of an explosion of fruit. Yeah. And you know, cherry, <coughs> cherry cherry cordial. hmm Yep. Eat the Nutella.
0: Mm-hmm. And that initial pot. the... Fig. And you end up in, just like you kind of start, with that lingering balance of, so like, a back and forth of toast and chocolate and fruit. And then maybe working with some specialty malts to add in those darker aspects to it. Um, minor amounts of hops to throw in there just to kind of keep it mildly safe and uh, have a little bit of uh, supporting bitterness to just offset the overall maltiness. Um, these can go up to 1074, which uh, is up to 8% alcohol. Um, the, the The thing that tends to be different with these is they just tend not to pick up as much that acidic because they're maybe not going to be aged in a barrel as much, so they're not going to have as much oxygen exposure. Um, so just a little less of that sharp tartness um, that you'll get with the Flanders Red and a little more of a round, malty flavor from that. All right, so since we don't have Lambic, um, which is going to just be a slightly different version of, I'm assuming, you're serving Drew's? Yes. Yes. OK, so these two styles highly, highly correlated together. Um, the, the core difference between this is that it's going to, the, the Lambic itself um, is going to be the uh, blended, right? Yeah, are we? I'm blanking now. It single single <laughs> it's been a while. Um, sorry. Okay, Lambic's the singles here. Use is going to be a blend of young, medium-aged, and uh, old-aged ones to create a little more um, kind of overall depth to the beer. So the lambics are also typically going to maybe serve uh, borderline still as well there might be just a little darker mustier um, presented Um, so I guess moving to use now, it's going to be a little brighter to carbonate this up a a bit more and kind of push through a bit more of a uh, well, dirty and all sorts of character <laughs> 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 Smells like home.
1: Alright, so. What do people uh, get to? Uh, sweaty. Clothes. Musty. Yeah, musty. Burning tire. Burning
0: tire. Cool. Some phenols playing. Mm-hmm. There's
1: Hint of wet hay. Really wet dang. Wet Wet specifically. Uh, Yeah, goatee. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, I can get a hint of rhubarb in there. There's (laughs) more wet hay than weed. I have no (laughs) comparisons. You've never smelled wet hay? (laughs) No, I've smelled (laughs) wet hay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm from South Dakota originally, so I know what wet hay is.
1: Hammond bear uh, rind Yeah The outside
3: mm-hmm. Left outside No
1: <laughs> In the wedding <laughs>
0: There's, You can get like little Hints of citrus in there Just pith Hazy, <laughs> um, and that's going to be. Um, I don't know if I agree with them
1: saying excellent clarity on this. I Mars mean, yeah, has a lot better clarity than uh, oh. once again the short end of the stick. Uh, you for me. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: oh yeah I mean it, I guess it's relative this is excellent clarity for a goose <laughs> 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 I, I, I'm with you on that Jerome but compared to a glass of milk we're doing great here <laughs> but because I think a lot of goose I mean, from my experience
2: is yeah it's more fairly compar- compar- even, yeah than not
3: it depends on yeah how you're aging around
0: they, for Lambics, they say hazy to good.
2: Yeah, Lambics are um, pretty hazy. So, it's... <clears throat>
0: into the sour character that comes through, kind of get a like a soured bread. It's been wet for too long. Um, <coughs> left with that goaty. Um, even a, a hint of plastic for me as well. Um, just that, that kind of that burnt rubber or burnt plastic. Not quite electrical fire, but yeah, it's not too far off from that.
3: Got some peat bog. hmm <laughs> Just dirty. <laughs> I know
2: get good, but I get a little bit of an aspirin. Yeah, yeah, a- yeah. That yeah there's
0: uh, that little medicinal note to it. Kind of lingers with you in the finish too, just like aspirin would. Um. The smell even has a hint of bile. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Finishing it, bruised apple, um, just lingering a, little, a bit in my mouth.
1: I've really heard a lot of appealing <laughs> 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 And yet, it still is kind, kind of appealing yeah. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> it's got—I mean the
0: no, no, target. You're salivating, okay? <laughs> Got a good firm tartness, but it works in a bit with that that musty character. Fairly, fairly thin body or moderately light, I'd say. Um, but it's still coats your pellet and a little bit of astringency in there. Obviously, oh, that, that tart. Wait, how strong is this? It's just like five? this is a light, like four to, to five, I think. I Okay. 6.4 okay. mm-hmm. So lambics and goose traditionally produced in um, the, uh, the River Valley um, spontaneously fermented is kind of one of their kind of classic things um, leading to the, the wide variety of microbial uh tend to be unmalted wheat, uh, to give basically the uh, the microbes something to chew on without making it overly dry and just working the way through all the sugars. Um, and sometimes well, tend to be aged in oak barrels, can so then once again blend it all back together. So wheat pills,
1: aged tops, and good times. Next. This is uh, 23F Fruit Lambert This is St. Louis Creek. And maybe St. Louis Creek. The Proper pronunciation. It's my
0: favorite <laughs> <laughs> um, So. It's like pure candy. We <laughs> <It laughs> <looked> like diabetes. <laughs> <laughs> if we've got the beer for you. Um, so going to so basically... A-
2: <laughs> Wilford Brimley is going to come through. You mentioned that <laughs> word, <laughs> like it. the Kool-Aid Man. Yeah. <laughs> Lost
0: him right through the wall. So you say diabetes. So with the fruit <laughs> lambics, you're basically looking for a play off of the the that kind of interesting fermented character from the um, or the no, off micro fermented mm-hmm. character from the lambics and uses, and then adding in some sort of a fruit component to make it interesting. And
3: don't
1: worry about We have a nice dried date. Yeah, that's strongly uh, like dark cherry uh juice.
2: Eye cherries for the work of that yeah, kind of cherry. Yeah. Juice. Taste when I uh, come my plum. What was that? It's the same taste when I fermented my uh, plum. plums. Plums, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's. <laughs> 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 is that, <All> right. Earthy. <laughs> oh.
0: There was a yeah. inner nail polish stripper yeah. in there.
2: Yeah, yeah. something Avon. Yeah. It. <laughs> like. Yeah. Little rose, during a little. But. <clears throat> <clears throat>
0: yeah. Good thing we had that ball. Yeah, we got it. stripper. Deep, deep red, garnet body. Oddly, not brown colored head. Firmly deep chair. Cherry pie and then a little bit of the crust.
2: Can you put stuff on yum on that? Yum.
3: You'll roll questions up. Huh?
0: Yep. <laughs> it's compared to Lindemans, not just dose with three cups of sugar afterwards. <laughs> Still got kind of a little sweet that kind of carries it through, helps the fruit express a little better. So I'm saying, if you get the incredibly dry versions of these, it's just kind of a right. yeah, there's fruit there, but it's yeah, it's kind of um, so that's why they put just a hint <laughs> of little back sweetening in to to make it pop. It's gonna be difficult and dangerous to do from a homebrewing perspective. How much of the lambic do people get behind it? Where, where, what major
1: characters of the Atlantic do you get? There's
2: a little bit of kind of an earthy quality to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of and obviously the tartness. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. as It
1: has kind of the, the wet hay
2: mm-hmm. thing going on like burner.
1: It has a uh, my palate has this pretty firm almond-like note. Which makes me curious. in the, oh,
0: in there, in the finish, you just you end up with
1: that... If they use the whole fruit and you know, some of that cherry pit, kind of... Yeah, kind of get that raw almond or, or yeah. pit like you you're like saying.
0: the mouthfeel to kind of carry everything through. Light, but not overly nice carbonation to support it. For me, just a In hint of a string you can see, but I don't care.
1: <laughs> so. uh, we do not have a historical beer.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: To judge. So,
0: um, <laughs> after those five beers, uh, we'll talk, we're will we going to talk about a few just randomly. So historical beers, you can just page through these. These will never, ever, ever, ever be on an exam that you end up taking. And I pray to God that they don't include any of these within the online exam. Yeah. Um, but basically, category of kind of out-of-date um, styles. And I mean, it's kind of sad that they say these have all but died out in modern times. And then they start with goism, which is in my mind, coming back. Yeah, yeah, um, really coming back. So, uh, but it, that being said, Goza was never in um, uh, the guidelines uh, originally. They're, they're trying to find places to allow people to meaningfully compete and not just be going up against another 23 specialty category and uh, against an American black ale. Um, so, Goza... They're gonna have uh, some interesting tart fruity notes, um, and then tie in some spice uh, kind of character. Kentucky Commons has got this old like sour mashish uh, character to it, um, and then just kind of a, it's One of those other classic styles from it's only the other state classic style in America right now. Um, Lichtenhainer, I, I really got nothing there. Um, a, a smoky version of a historical wheat beer, or German. Um London brown ale that was previously what uh brown um so a, a sweeter kind of almost a light sweet stout um and then we've got let's see bigrutzky um Oki, and smoked so Polish beer yeah pre prohibition lager um Kind of once again that kind of that uh, corny uh, kind of beers out there, pre so edition porter. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, Definitely more. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And what else? Uh, Sati, um, kind of kind of fermented a little bit like a, a heff. Or wheat beer. Okay, so
1: where are we on now? Twenty-eight A Brett beer. All right. So we're into the uh, we've got a couple of American sours, and I assume Troy that you're just gonna slot in there, fruit though, with oh. fruit. Okay, yeah.
0: All right. So Brett beer, obviously going for something that's driven by Brett. So we're gonna see some interesting earthy, dirty, um, mm-hmm. maybe
1: some uh, pineapple notes. What well, um, yeah, it really depends on the, the, the strain of Brett used, the uh, pineapple, um, some yard or earthy barn, earthy. Uh, um, Brett doesn't typically throw off a ton of uh, acidity, um, so it's separate from the a
2: sour beer.
1: Nice, interesting melon, but a, um, per- uh, it's really perfuming. It's like a rose scent of hand soap.
0: Just waiting. Apricot, lavender, hibiscus. 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 hibiscus, yeah, that's a gold rose. I would have done Oh,
1: she's right. right. White honeysuckle. Wax again. Yes, beeswax. It was sealed in beeswax, so I don't know if that... uh, (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah. Yeah. Make sure you don't have a big chunk of cap in there. Uh,
2: yeah, chewy chunks. I okay, got black pepper. Yeah, it's definitely a little little light phenol. Yeah, just freshly cracked. Maybe white pepper for me,
0: but yeah. No, no, black pepper. You're right.
1: That's underlying hint of juiciness. I don't know if it stayed fairly clear all the way around the room, but our initial pour was. It's not too bad. Yeah. There's no floaters in it right now. Yeah. So. Well,
3: it's,
1: it's clearly uh, you know devolving as it uh, moves around the room, but uh, old body. but underneath Little chalky,
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, carbonic <coughs> or carbonate.
0: Yeah, yeah. So do we get cheeses or not? Right. <laughs> what that is? Thanks. Yeah, you have to write a new Sunday of guidelines for that. <laughs> Please see. Runs um. guys. So, and I mean, how do you guys describe the acidity on that? I mean, it's just. Oh, okay. It's just that little hint yeah. of acid to it.
3: Yeah, or the last.
0: Yeah. It? No, it's just barely like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess this is probably not the... Uh, well, again, I mean, that's, it's that's part of the, that yeah, just, just part of Brett. Trip over that Wall? Brett doesn't produce a ton of acid. Um, so, once again, you can go all over the the board with this style in terms of um, the, the expression, but uh, when when the entrants put it in, they need to kind of give a base... Um, base beer, or at least an idea of what's going to be happening with it. Um, And maybe there's a bunch of different strains of bread out there. Maybe tell what kind of um, strain
1: they particularly use for this. Mixed fermentation sour beer. This is a part of darkness.
3: Mm
0: -hmm. So, something distinguishing maybe for the bread beer is that it's going to be dry, highly attenuated, and not too too sour. As we start moving into the the mixed sour beers or the mixed fermentation, you can pick up both that that character, maybe some other PDO characters as well, and some of the acidity um, to to kind of carry it through. Um, And this becomes important for discriminating between these styles, um, which will never end up on exam, but we're tasting many of them. Does anyone here hate
2: sours? It does. Good question. Why would somebody do that? I don't know. Poor childhood. but dropped on their head. Not <laughs> dropped on their head. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get out. Yeah, this opens first. <laughs> 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 That's characteristic of that brewery.
0: We're getting in the rover for this.
1: that's the acetic character, or if there's a...
2: That's probably a little it's bit of problem. Fluid. Yeah, there it is.
0: It's a light resin, but
1: Mm-hmm. That's pretty intense in the city. Yeah, it's just so much.
2: Yeah, it's like really mm-hmm. fast. Some kind of hazelnuts mm-hmm. or something? Some kind of nut, you yeah. mm-hmm. yeah. know? Kind of yeah. Yeah. It's kinda U Yeah. Caselnut cocoa. Mm-hmm.
1: Through the flavor profile, and and that acid just goes long, drawn out. uh
0: in That's from acetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just kind of leaves you salivating. And uh, acetic always does that more than lactic in particular. Just kind of really hits that incredibly sour. Yeah.
3: Um,
0: so these can be aged in wood. Once again, it should be one of those things where it marries all in. Okay. Um
3: whew. So would you so, so you already balance like
0: that or out of balance <laughs> I do, I, I would, I, I'd I'm doing this a bit for mail. Because
3: of the intensity
0: yeah. of the i yeah, got it. And it doesn't flow, it just kinda hits you and Yeah. Because it says right there, prominent or objectionable or thus offensive ac- acetic acid is a fault. Um, so, yeah. I <laughs> no, Brett bring that down. Um, style can be all over the board in terms of... Uh, vault profiles and everything, but they entrant needs to give you a hint at where they're going with it, so um, so they can kind of figure it out. Alright, so this is a wild specialty beer. Uh, you yeah. have yeah. to ask Troy. Alright, so then the way that they're starting to handle the rest of these spells is as they go, if they're going to pick one dimension to go... This is the major thing, and then if you have to have something else to the end of it, then it becomes a specialty beer in that category. So we're dealing with wild ales, um, and then we're gonna deal with fruit at the end, so now it's a wild specialty beer.
2: So tell us a little about the beer. Uh, I actually kind of modeled the, <coughs> modeled the aftertard of darkness, wise, malt-wise. Um, but I added uh, one of those organ puree 3 pound cans of raspberry. Um, and I hope, don't think it has the acetic character, but I haven't tried it in about a month and a half. So. Did you age it in anything? Sorry, I, uh, I aged, aged it, it in mm-hmm. you know, I took it a regular glass carboy for uh, a year and then the raspberry was on for 2 months. With a few old cubes. You say you're right. <laughs> uh yeah, i have used the you know, one of the white labs mixed culture. Power cultures, power blends. I don't remember which one, I think. Okay. I don't know. Sort of flips back and forth for
0: me between raspberry and, and cherry. Mm-hmm. A little tobacco. And that's the order for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> makes you feel good that they're going to have to stake and putting Oh in. man, that's
2: uh, I was surprised using only a three pound can that mm-hmm. I got that much out of it. Mm-hmm. Three pounds and five gallons? Mm hmm.
1: It's chocolate underneath. A little
0: bit, yeah. Well, no. okay. I
1: think I get a light, sort of earthy breath note, but maybe I'm pushing myself to find it too hard. You get more of that with flavor. Um, you know.
0: So that earthy, goaty, little plastic, um, the, and then obviously the come back to the raspberry.
2: To which? To which all the, all the flavors. but <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: well, it's not
1: like Uberly sweet. It's just. It's that tart raspberry finish. So how much do you think is
2: the raspberry puree, and how much do you think is the uh, the year aging <coughs> on the cultures? It wasn't too sour aging for the year. Okay. Um, and so, I, that's why I added the fruit to get a little more tartness to it. Okay. It seems like every time I use the, just the regular white labs or with East culture, the white yeast culture. Yeah. Okay. Um, you don't get much sourness out of it. Mm-hmm. They're very susceptible to hops. so.
1: it's cola Mm -hmm. almost a cherry coke yeah, cool um,
0: when uh, that it was cool, you put it is. all together. There's still a little bit of uh, grapefruit, and that's no, not a grapefruit, pineapple, in there. <clears throat> the finish leaves you with a nice, interesting blend of everything, and doesn't take one thing for, I mean, the rest are still, still comes through, but I still can get some of that, up, but I can just ever give must be known. Mm-hmm that soft hardness to it very pleasant
1: yeah very especially yeah. after we destroyed it. yeah <laughs> soft yeah, it's like, uh, I don't remember turning darkness being that acidic. but uh, yeah it's just downright sweet cloying um it's terrible it's like a Russian
0: imperial stout compared to
1: Beer, so do we have a fruit? Uh, no, we do not. Okay, have fruit so fruit beer um,
0: categories in, involve whatever a base style is, and then some fruit added to it. They're going to usually tell you what the, the base styles are, and then kind of hopefully well integrate and balance um, that kind of character. in. they've got basic fruit beer, which should just be straight fruit for spice beer, and specialty fruit beer. Which is something besides a fruit beer and a, a fruit and spice beer. So fruit barrel or fruit and um, uh, brown sugar. Um, something something a little more, yes. Once again, the goal is harmonious. Next, spice beer. Same kind of thing. Oh, Crunch we do? Oh, yeah,
1: sure. oh, sorry. Okay. So you just jump. Yes. All right finally a beer for those of us who are celiacs. Um, <laughs> time. Hmm. What's this one? This is it? Says, uh is New Grist. Is that yeah. a good question? Okay. Sorry.
2: Sorry.
0: 31, 31, 31 it's not sugar. <laughs> well, no. It's 31. Days, yeah. right? Yes. So we got alternative grain beer and alternative sugar beer. Um, the sugar beer would be fermented with something like a crap ton of molasses, brown sugar, honey, table sugar, I don't know. This should at least have a non-wheat um, grain to it. Sounds like
3: apricot schnapps.
1: Yeah, see, I just think that's uh, good and plenty to me. And this is, you guys talked about that a lot, I don't know, this is good plenty.
2: Yeah. yeah, that shitty
0: horrible candy liquor liquors.
3: Oh, some mm-hmm. 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 yeah, candy.
1: Mm-hmm. Double medal winner at this year's <laughs> GABF. <Goal laughs> <stage>. I just <laughs> say <laughs> those must be pretty good gluten-free. Not sure. gunning the category, probably. <laughs> 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 Out of what, twenty-three
3: entries? Twenty-five. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> you have to assume well, they put so in five.
2: <laughs> all of them. <laughs>
1: So, and yeah, I guess you really have to put yourself in a place where maybe you haven't had a beer for medical reasons for <laughs> five years or so. That <laughs> literally is what it says in the category, too. Just, hey, guys, it's <laughs> not going to be that good. So lower
0: the bar and then enjoy it. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm happy as What do you think of those hops?
2: No hops. <laughs> what <laughs> hops? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, they suit a lot of like. It tastes like, uh, like a saccharin, like
1: artificial Salted yeah. black licorice. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Bit of honey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't mind a bit of honey. You've eat you've been, you been a lot of candy. Yeah. It's Halloween. Oh, yeah,
0: it's Halloween. It's, it, it's the bottom of the pumpkin, it, plus a right? little maybe plastic, but. Yeah.
2: <clears throat> I think they're changing Water
3: the laws someplace, though, where you have tough. to put yeah. nutritional yeah. facts. And it says
1: it's it's okay to include the gluten removal beers. So it would be like, oh, no. So yeah that they have used uh so we clarex. that can safely go this just <laughs> this, yeah, for
0: this category Yeah, it's got, i mean come on like, it's the, never mind no, that's not alternative <laughs> at that I, think I think there's still a lot of debate in
1: terms of the safety of, of using the uh, the enzymes mm-hmm. um you know I, so, yeah, i've used it on a starter of mine gave
0: okay. just a celiac i can't no, that did not work um, <laughs>
1: But that was just
0: because of maltor. It was that <laughs> too. Yeah. That's, okay. that's,
1: across, um, that's I. That's a, just a terrible day. Or... It's not really
0: alternative grain though. If you're just using the. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, hopefully they're gonna. Well, when you do this, they should probably enter a base style and talk about a little bit of what their uh, alternative ingredient was, and then maybe you should think, all right, I'm thinking maybe, maybe yeah. spelt on this. Here's maybe the profile I should be expecting, but um, but I swear I gotta get over the bar in these.
1: Keep lowering.
3: Yeah. 30A. So spice specialty? No, this is specialty. No, it
1: says it's, it's in the spice. No. Example a. list. No, each of the barrels. Yeah, but they're very neutral. All right.
0: So what are the spices that they call out in this?
2: Coriander, I believe. Maybe? Is strong Scottish.
3: Okay.
2: Hard Scotland.
0: Well, you get coriander. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you get, you get Scottish behind it. So, there. So, firm coriander pop right out the front. And then that kind of folds over into. Okay,
1: well, um, yeah, just kind of stop, to I guess a bit. Um, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of kettle caramelization. Yeah, a little bit of a uh, dark fruit, treacle. What else? Yeah, I can see a little more. Uh, yeah, mild dark, dark. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. black molasses.
2: Yeah, molasses. Say, and it's uh, it's more of molasses. Olympic, than, yeah,
3: alcohol, you know, it's not all.
0: Yeah, it's an intense Scottish for Scottishes.
1: I know the most of it. Have you decided that's the style you actually judged? Scottish versus Scotch? No, Scotch. Okay, Scotch. Yeah, I think
3: I hit.
2: There's a, 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 a little chocolate. Vanilla yeah. Vanilla and
0: chocolate kind of work its way into the back.
1: So I think the barrel's has uh, got pretty neutral. It's made yeah. out of an extinct wood. Yeah. Oh.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and it's the, the, the chocolate for me is the chocolate Tootsie Roll. Not Tootsie Roll, Tootsie Pop.
2: Good distinction. Yeah, well, it's an important distinction. A,
1: a very, very thin layer of uh, cherry right. tootsie, mm-hmm. the, to the cherry popsicle around it. Mm-hmm. I see uh, that. Maybe the waxy paper too. Sure. Yeah, don't worry. Lollipop.
3: Yeah.
1: It's, like, it's not quite dum dumb level, but mm-hmm. it's close. Beautiful
0: brown body. Listen, the coriander had gone away. Then it kind of popped back right as you take the first sip of it, and then the rest of the
1: caramel kind of not the caramel. That the molasses the trickle comes through. And no, it's caramel. dark, here. dark caramel. Yeah, um, a little orangey from the coriander. Mm hmm. Little herbal. hmm. It's spicy one. I think so. Fondly enough. Me mm-hmm. light my body. It's a little flat in the palate. Yeah. What's the it's alcohol? It's it. it's eight. Oh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just had to really put cool this guy. No, I'm just curious <laughs> about the... Mm-hmm. Just what pumpkin beer is going to? Uh, autumn seasonal. Thirty B. <coughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Wow.
1: Pumpkin yeah. and oh. other yeah. squashes. have hey, yeah,
2: Really. Yeah. <laughs> stretch these out. Huh? Yep.
0: And then they have winter and spring. No, they don't have spring, fortunately. Um. Okay. Um. All right. So once again, as with most of these brewery styles, they need to explain what's going on with the beer, um, and you need
1: to figure out how well it balances all together. Yeah, um, and that's the base style yeah. and the specialty ingredients, you know, coming together in the brewer's mm. vision. Yeah. The
0: hard part with these is trying to figure out the. That's great. You did that.
3: <laughs> Not sure you should
0: have. <laughs> but you did it well, and so you, you kind of, there's a part in which you have to use some of your own judgments and also kind of separate yourself from what your preferences may be. Um,
1: Except for pumpkin beers. Yeah. It's okay to hate all the pumpkin beers.
0: So, oh, a, go a, go a go go <laughs> <laughs> are going to be the ones that include uh, squash and mainly spices. <laughs> a lot of the time you'll end up seeing, um, so you see basically a whole bunch of pumpkin spices. And the winter seasonal beers are going to be, well, these can be all over the board, um, but it's basically going to be something kind of boosted up to a higher alcohol and including some sort of a spice, otherwise we being in this category. Um, which is a little weird because there's some winter beers that are just IPAs
1: that are a little maltier. Um, but on a commercial scale. Yeah, but to be in the spice, herb, and the yes. vegetable the category, you've got to have that. Yeah. Uh, all right, skipping ahead to wood-aged Are beer. we going to talk about smoked? We got one. That's the last okay, okay. one. Okay. Um, so 33s. 33A, wood-aged beer. All right.
0: Say this... <laughs> Category contains specialty beers with a wood-aged character, with or without added alcohol character. Um, so basically, they're trying to say they may it may impart some of the previous barrel-aged uh, notes to it. Mm-hmm. So this is Yorkshire
1: Stingo okay. from uh, Samuel Smith.
0: Like kind of a candy plum um, spice. Kid, sorry, Sorry. We're just talking about. What we do? Didn't this
2: receive hundred points for like ninety-nine?
3: Oops.
1: What kind of wood are we using Does the bottle say what kind of wood? Yeah. What does the bottle say? Yeah. Yeah, so the wood is fairly muted. It's almost more sherry-like, like a sherry cask. That Jerome was going say. Yeah, it's got that Sam Smith sherry.
2: Yeah. What are we, what is this? 32A. 33A.
1: Oh, uh, wait, 32A? Sorry, 33A. 3E's <coughs> three, three.
2: changed that here, here.
0: It's a little treacle, but a little orange, yeah.
1: not quite chocolate, it's almost chocolate orange. Yeah, it's that direction down that road. A
2: mm-hmm. of spicy oak aroma.
1: So I it doesn't scream oak to me, for whatever reason, but it's
2: very um, mm-hmm. Kind of oaky, dry, mm-hmm. kind of
3: yeah.
2: It's more of the chocolate orange, and then stick it off. Floral to it.
0: But it's like one of those sickly, sweet flowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those stench blossoms. Sounds like mm-hmm. a one
1: mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. Uh, yeah, like a
3: lily. E-
2: like an Easter
1: flower. Yeah, flowers, yeah, yeah. Like
3: yeah.
2: Exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's
3: like chocolate.
1: Thanks. A little Easter lily? Yeah, it's fine. fine. Yeah, it's like into yeah. a rosy. A little sherry into a papery yeah. character on the back end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Pretty hot. With or without alcohol character? We're (laughs) gonna go with with.
3: Yeah. So that's
0: weird. (laughs) That this one says should not have alcohol character. Yeah, they.
1: So basically, if it becomes a like bourbon bomb, it's supposed to be specialty, specialty wood yeah. okay. um, So this is supposed to have nice barrel character, maybe a touch, but if it becomes strongly bourbon or strongly... It's almost a little thin. You said this was a 2011 vintage? Yeah. Yeah, it's a very
3: good vintage. So I'm just
1: not sure about It's actually not as bad a shape as I would have thought, but uh, yeah. Sure
3: thing. Time's left.
1: We'll have it all ready to go out here. Alright, so Alex is bringing fresh hot for us. For right, right? <laughs> is that what he's getting at PECO? Uh Alright, so last but not least. Well, not least. Alright, so so specialty beer is
0: anything that really doesn't belong in all those other specialty beer categories. Including clone beers, which is the world's worst clone? That's the
1: world's worst category that they ever get. Yes, Mark, Emily, I agree. What kind of people, (laughs) what kind of monsters overall impression based on the declared clone beer?
0: Roma.
3: So can
0: you give an example? Huh? No, that's I, I don't understand how this is going to play out at all. Oh. <laughs> Basically. It's yeah, like literally it the say, worst category. Be above. Yeah. Okay. Like you should be required to submit a bottle, bottle with it. Yes, maybe, but. <laughs> the only way
2: you're going to know is if you've got somebody yes. who's tried every beer
0: that he's and recently. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And has Google. <laughs> so, um, so once again, they got mixed style beer, experimental beers uh, for that. But um, basically, it's kind of the the garbage can for everything else that doesn't quite fit. All
1: right, 32A smoke beer, stone smoke porter. Once again, beer, some sort of character added to it, some base style added with uh smokiness. Yes. To rock here. Yes, but you'll see that there's Rauch, uh, so that was in like German amber um, beers, but there are other from uh, Schlenkerla, like there are Rauchbier Weizen, there are Rauchbier Bach that are in the. So so Rauchbier itself is the only one that's pulled out on its own. Everything else has to go in other smoked beer, Mm -hmm. or classic style smoked beer. This one is a specialty one. Uh, no, this is just, just a straight it's
0: classic style. We okay. think the classic
1: style is... American Porter? American Porter, sure. Sure. So you get uh, sort of a, a balance between uh, sort of the hickory smoke yeah. and uh, roast coffee, and there's just a hint of caramel sweetness uh, underneath it. Maybe not even caramel sweetness, but...
2: It's a light char. No phenol. Mm
3: hmm.
0: <laughs> no plastic. Yeah. Band-aid. Yeah, definitely comes from a too. Used band-aid. Been
3: through <laughs> a shower.
1: Depends, <laughs> on the, depends on the injury. <laughs> paper cut. Band-aid. Mm-hmm. Paper cut. Like tobacco? Oh, tobacco is a nice, uh, it's because it's sort of got a, that, like there's kind of a sort the kind of, of... Yeah, sort of the... Yeah, kind of
0: ashy, smoky,
1: so plasticky. Yeah, it's yeah. not overtly smoky uh, uh, initially, but certainly aftertaste and yeah, the breathing. It holds on right after that. Yeah. With the uh, the base style the smoke and the, the American uh-huh. porter ear play, it's a little over on the smoke, mm-hmm. also kind of the light. Yeah,
3: really nice. yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. there's an acid that I mean, with, with some of the smokes, it has to be a little bit of a lower pH. The acid like,
2: The roast may come through, but I think it's overpowered. Maybe the smoke and the roast are kind of the same. Yeah,
1: yeah. character. Mm-hmm. Seems like a roast a roast forward porter, the smoke kind of compounds that if it was maybe a little milder, chocolateier porter,
3: mm-hmm.
2: kind of leave a little bit of room for the smoke to kinda add that. Yeah. Because it doesn't Plus feel like there's like a depth, it's a single mm-hmm. yeah. 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 Getting that back of the throat thing you were talking about the other day, sometimes a jam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're down like Yeah, this hits me in the top of my palate in particular.
0: Um, with the plastic. Smoke plastic. Smoke. Smoke plastic, you're right. Smoke
2: plastic. And <laughs> <laughs> you grab well, a little beer to clear up part of it. Because it
1: will.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and then,
0: <clears throat> I guess, what's going to carry me, and then something just slightly different smoke specialty beer or the specialty smoke beer which is just something yeah. with something else in it. I what smoke it so the coffee beans. yes I, I smoke the banana down. that went into this and, oh, we um, yeah, Smoked banana Smoked banana. yeah. Um, okay so for next week oh um, uh, man we're getting—we got the kind of the the tough topic of recipe formulation, how you actually end up putting these beers together. Um, we'll speaking of phenolic, um, we'll, we'll taste phenolic and musty. Yeah, I'm hoping we have tapes for those. But yeah, they might. they may have been some of the tapes. And then we'll go into Belgian country, um, so Belgian ale, Belgian strong ale, and Trappist ale. So. I will be leave, leaving here with a neat red face at um, the end of the night, um, and we'll talk a little bit about the um, kind of the, the exam after there. And um, yeah, no no major technical we'll topics we've hit just what I've so far. So um, any questions? <laughs>
2: Sour beers. Why, God? Why? <laughs> That's my question.
0: That's my right. question. All right. So, if you need to hit some of the sour beers before you leave, we can still do that. <laughs> so, but they may be loaded with fruit flies at this point. Um